a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different. When Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista, Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one green-based podcast. On last week's episode, we witnessed a monumental moment when Dale revealed he was legging it from the world of energy and going to dip his toe into the world of politics, a metaphoric change of clothes, a new career, a new job. So has he changed his mind? He's fast becoming the Mr. Ben of the environment world. Dale Vince. Good morning. Yeah, morning, Ian. I actually don't know what Mr. Ben was famous for, so I'm not getting that bit. Well, there's Tony Ben, of course, uh-huh. so it could be that. But then, of course, there's Mr. Ben. You know the cartoon guy that used to change his clothes in the changing room? And oh, was that a, it? Was he that was it? like a spaceman one week and a caveman the next. Yeah, okay. Just right. sort of mixed it up a bit, Mr. Yeah. Ben. I like it. But you are sticking with the journey, the trajectory. So far. I mean, it's been a week. and um... Should be in the House of Lords by now. What's happened? I don't know what to say, really. You know, there's there's a lot to be done here in the um, in the execution of mic drop, and um, and then there's a lot to think about, really, like the best yeah. way to get involved in politics. And I've been thinking about it for a long time. I guess I'm thinking about it a bit more now because I'm I'm, a, I'm at the pointy end of it. You know, yeah, that's um, right, the business end of the decision. Well, I mean, here's a good one to start. This is the sort of thing I can see you on the green benches getting angry about the energy strategy, uh, a plan for eight new nuclear reactors to boost production. What's going on? Oh, yeah. What kind of mad world do we live in when the prime minister stands up and says this plan will help bring bills down and help give us energy security? And he's talking about a plan to build eight new nuclear reactors. I mean, firstly, it's the most expensive form of electricity ever devised. It doesn't bring bills down. It puts them up. And secondly, it'll take 20 years from now to get the first one running. So that isn't really responding to the emergency well i was going to say i mean putting aside the it's surely the issue at the moment but putting aside uh, costs what we need at the moment is energy speed we We need speed we we need the speed to deliver that energy and i think everybody know my eight-year-old knows this everybody knows this and anything that's got the term or finishes with the sentence in 20 years time (laughs) is clearly (laughs) surplus to requirements i you might have thought that's incredible isn't it you know, and and the government said of their policy, almost honestly, that it wouldn't affect energy prices for four or five years. It's like no shit, it won't. I mean, it just it just won't affect energy prices positively. Yeah, it won't. Well, a question related to this came from Sam on Twitter. It says, and I, I share this completely. We've touched on it so many times. How the hell did fracking get back on the agenda? Yeah, the Tory party are clearly split, aren't they? There's a there's a fairly uh, vociferous anti-wind uh, group and there's a fairly vociferous pro-fracking fossil fuel group. They might even be the same thing. They'll definitely overlap on the old Venn diagram. And uh, they've been making a big fuss to bring fracking back. And, and what this story is about is that the government commissioned a geological-based kind of safety survey into fracking two days before this energy policy. I don't think fracking is back on. I think this study was to placate the pro-frackers 
Kwasi Kwarteng himself had said that uh, fracking would take years to get up on its feet, that yeah. it'll only ever produce 5% of our gas anyway. I mean, Jesus, the uh, OGA, Oil and Gas Authority, say if it was running now, it'd be run out by 2030. So it's a, it's a short-term fix. But we could do 5% of Britain's gas with green gas mills really easily. Of course, we did this debate, didn't we, Dale, on the radio with James Gray, uh, who's possibly even your local MP. No, he's not, actually. but <laughs> He's nearby, right? Yeah, he's cut from the same cloth, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had a very sort of different take on the whole thing. He almost had his own nuclear, well, his own energy policy, really. What's this man talking about? I, you know, I, th- I think he had his own reality because he said onshore wind was expensive, you know, and when it's the cheapest form of energy we've got, you know, he said that, you know, we didn't have enough of it. And, and when I said, you know, we could power the country 20 times over renewables, he's like, oh, but then we'd have to cover the countryside. And so then I say, well, actually, we only need 1% of the land. That's an exaggeration. And then he's off somewhere else, you know. He's anti-wind energy. Uh, he just doesn't know why. Well, that's it, isn't it? Anti, it's what we said last week. The word fracking is big and hard, isn't it? Fracking, yeah, you know, yeah. it's all of that. And nuclear. wind. Yeah, nuclear, frack, nuclear, all of this. It's got all of that. It's manly energy. And then, of course, you've got windmills, which are nice, delicate sort of things yeah. that, that are nice. around in the country. So it just sounds too nice to be true for some of these guys. Yeah. But I read that stat this morning that uh, fracking could only produce 5% of our gas. And I thought, what are we doing? Because with green gas mills, we could do that really easily, really quickly. And it won't run out in 2030. It just won't run out. That's right. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Curious times we're living. Um, we can tackle climate change if big oil gets out the way, say the IPCC. Well, tell us something we didn't know, Dale. <laughs> That's right. That's in that category. Reading deeper into the articles, very interesting. There was a lot of work from social scientists uh, in the report about the extent to which um, fossil companies are standing in the way of policy, uh, and, it, and it didn't make the, uh, the, the exec summary which has to be signed off by all countries of the world. And Saudi Arabia in particular objected, uh, wanted to water down the language about giving up fossil fuels and, of course, the uh, impact of fossil fuels on policy. But ironically, perhaps, it turns out that the IPCC report itself is authored by a number of fossil fuel people that work for big fossil fuel companies. They have lead roles in the assembly of this report, which is an incredible conflict of interest. I mean, did they not have to fill out a declaration? <laughs> they did. They did, apparently. And one of these social scientists in the article just laughed at that. So they can fill out a form, but that doesn't take away their conflict. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they filled out the form. But you'd think that the person that then checks the form, I assume there's a form checker over there at the IPCC, <laughs> might have gone, oh, right, okay, it's a bit iffy, this, because um, you're the chairman of Shell, you know, yeah. or something. Yeah, that might yeah. have. You'd think, really. But it's, surely it's a bit like MPs declaring interests, you know, like, as long as they declare them, nobody cares kind of yeah or rishi sunak saying his wife followed the letter of the law when she avoided tax in britain that that makes it okay then yeah but you, we need to lay off her really Dale. she's you know she's almost skinned she's uh <laughs> yeah. down to her last two billion apparently so yeah I know. in a rough old time I know. Um, Ka- <laughs> katie says if you decide to go into politics how can we help you look you've got a campaign team mobilizing already Dale. That's fab. And I've had a lot of a lot of comments like that on social media, uh, people bumping into me in the street and offering to do the same. It's pretty fantastic, actually. And it's it's kind of encouraged me. I'm, I'm weighing this up. In terms of standing, there's a there's a positive side. Uh, you know, stand for Labour, uh, yep. win win the seat, you know, maybe maybe help get a, a Labour government, you know, Green Labour government in, in Parliament. There's a positive side to that. And then the, the negative side is politics, you know. 
like like that little uh, head to head with James Gray, you know, the being shouted over and the, and just the, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure it gets worse than that and stuff. But you and can be the person doing the shouting over then, can't you? <laughs> people will expect it of you as an MP. <laughs> yeah, expect me to be loud and boorish. Yeah, well, it's kind of strange, isn't it? I was listening to Reese Mogg talking about some stuff this week and he was sort of all over the place really but they because they have this and then when they get into cabinet they have this collective responsibility thing so even if you don't specifically agree with the policy mm. you have to agree with it publicly and then sell it publicly uh, which always seems a really strange place to be in terms of your own passion your own ideology that you would literally go out on national media and talk up a policy that you think is horseshit yeah, or go out and defend Johnson for Partygate and say it never happened, or defend Johnson for something else and say that never happened. Yeah, storming a teacup, isn't yeah, it? Storming a teacup. Time to move on. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why is it yeah, time why? to move on? Because there's been some time in between time. That that in itself is not a definition of moving on or a reason for moving on. No, it's because uh, they don't like the story. Yeah. Uh, here's a question from Dan on Twitter. We've had a few people ask this. Where's the hovercraft, Dale? Yeah, I asked it as well, actually, because it was <laughs> – If you be, lost your hovercraft. Yeah, it was due to be flying at the end of March, I think was the last thing I said, uh, last thing I was told as well. I got an update two days ago from the from the guys that um, had a two-week delay, sent me some pictures and some technical stuff. I mean, it's coming together really well. It won't be very long. It won't be very long at all. I've seen, I have seen a picture of this, haven't I? There's been images yeah. out yeah, there. Yeah, on so. social media, we put some pictures yeah, out yeah. for sure. Uh, I'll get down there in a couple of weeks, hopefully, and we'll shoot a little bit of video and uh, have a spin around the car park. What happens to the hovercraft? What, what, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, it's a job to know. Um, it's, it's got some serious interest for harvesting of seagrass seeds. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I thought building one i didn't really have a kind of serious output for it other than to give it to sea shepherd for a bit of coastal work yeah. um, but seagrass seed harvesting looks like it needs something like that we could have a bit of fun and do a cross channel uh, record run in it and then we've got an innovation like an invention to add to the hovercraft uh, something that's not been done before which will extend its range and all kinds of stuff and uh, we'll do that as a phase two so phase two and then the idea is that you end up with a completely eco-friendly hovercraft that could be a, the technology which could be applied to, to bigger things. Yeah, and and to hovercraft. I mean, there's you know there's a few companies around the world making them. Uh, we would be able to share that that tech approach and uh, you know try to electrify hovercraft. That'd be all right. Well, um, I saw this headline, and you spotted it in the week as well. The US and Europe are behind most ecological damage. Um, again, that does perhaps come under that bracket of tell us something we didn't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole developed world, isn't it, really, in effect? I mean, I don't know why the EU got left out of that, but um, that's interesting. I mean, in terms of what people have to change, we, we have this narrative about oil and net zero. And I, I hear, would it be fair to say, Dale, I hear a lot of people talk about it rather than implement it? You know, whether it's in the States, whether it's over here, yeah, yeah. wherever, how, Australia, of course, yeah. is, you know, the ones we, we always pass in Australia. That's just become a sitcom, hasn't it, frankly? Yeah. I mean, that's just that's a really, standing joke, that is, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah. And, and like, so everyone's talking about it. Yes. And fair. it's a bit like the electric car story. I mean, we were talking about this on the radio in the week. You know, I'm getting a sense that's kind of gone a bit off the radar at the moment. Electric cars or net zero? Yeah. Electric cars. Uh, they were the biggest selling car uh, again they, last, true. last quarter. I mean, they are still they're yeah. still obviously doing more than they had previously done. Yeah, uh, but there is just a, maybe the cost of living crisis thing uh, has no, got in the way of that a bit. It's not going to help. I saw queues at petrol stations again this morning, though. Wow, 
And I think that's uh, Just Oil. Yeah, Just Stop Oil, sorry. <laughs> Just yeah. Oil are the other guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. They're the I ones think, who work at the IPCC. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think their campaign is starting to bite. I was on the train yesterday and heard somebody talking about uh, shortages at their local garage. And then on the motorway, there were signs saying no HGV fuel. And you know, as I got off at Stroud, there was like queues going into the garage. And that's yeah. the kind of thing that pushes people towards electric, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but look, net zero, the question and the answer is, yeah, of course, uh, everybody's talking about it. Nobody's really doing it, especially and including our government. You know, we've Absolutely. got lots of big talk and, and aims and targets and stuff like that. But we don't have the policies to hit them. Here's a question from Mark on Facebook. Have you changed your mind, Dale, about selling ecotricity? No, no, I haven't. Has there not been a moment when you've woken up in the middle of the night and gone, no, what am I doing? I have to stay here. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I look at it sometimes in, in the last week and think, you know, it's actually, what am I going to do? You know, where's my office going to be? You know, all kinds of practical things that I don't have an answer to. But since putting the story out last week and sharing with my team here, just felt like a, a, a really uh, a, a big move and a, and a kind of weight lifted, you know, to be uh, upfront and open about it. Because it had Got been, it. we'd started work on it a few weeks ago and I didn't want to keep it secret for very long at all but it was just great to get out there and talk about team here have been fantastic uh you know they can see the the future for ecotricity with a new owner and our 2000 megawatt pipeline all that kind of stuff and um yeah i mean it's a bit of a dive into the unknown but i kind of like that kind of thing good microplastics in lungs of people found for the first time that's a bit disturbing yeah they're turning up everywhere aren't they microplastics bottom of the ocean the arctic um, all kinds of organs of humans, animals. I mean, yep. it's incredible. I was thinking, uh, you know, lately geologists have come up with the concept of the Anthropocene to name this era that we live in that's marked by human activity. And just then I was thinking, really, it's the Plasticine, isn't it? It's, oh, that's great. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, that's, that's that, there. To copyright that name right there now. Yeah. Um, final question from Ed on Twitter. When is the Forest Green Rovers promotion party? Yeah, that's a good question, Ed. I've got a feeling. It's Seven the- points ahead of Exeter. So, I mean, yeah. there's, no, there's, no, there's no doubts here, are there? Well, they're second. And so that's about the championship race to, you know, to win, the, win the league. Uh, but we're 12 points clear of the playoff pack. That's uh, true. And with a point's worth of goal difference. And what have you got Port, Port Vale down there, Northampton Town? That's, uh, that's right. And they've only got six games in which to be 13 points better than us. Yeah. That ain't going to happen. So the way I see happen. it, the way I see it, we're promoted yeah. and, and at the party, which will be on the last home game of the season, I think, then it's a question of are we also champions or not? I know you don't like to get too territorial, but Bristol Rovers will, will be hoping to you know, improve their position. Yeah, uh, they're and, in the mix. And, well, they're in the mix, aren't they? Yeah. So you'd have to be interesting, two local teams in this respect. Oh, well, Cheltenham are in League One already, and um, Swindon might make the mix. So, I mean, us, Bristol and Cheltenham. It's very it's very close, isn't it? That's, if, if you look at the top 10 yeah. places in League Two. For football in this region, if Swindon, Cheltenham, Bristol and Forest Green were all in League One, that'd be amazing. We'd have that would be some incredible. set of derbies. Listen, that's it for this episode, Dale. We'll speak in a week. Fabulous. Thanks, Ian. Don't forget, of course, you can follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there too. And if you want to get in touch, zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. And do follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. Zero Carbon East off.